It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Hey guys, Zeno here coming up on A to Z. How to reconstruct the Falcons and take the chains off Desmond Ritter. Plus, why the Braves can never be a dynasty and healthy Hawks look good. That's next on A to Z. This is A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. How did we get here? If you're not the number one pick, guess what? You have no guarantee. That's where you are. And it starts... Does that make me a genius? Yes. Now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you, time to take the training wheels off. Welcome in. We are live here on this Tuesday. Appreciate you guys joining us as always. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On ATL. Of course, Matt Mark Zeno, M A R K Z I N N O. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Check us out on Roku TV. However, you get your Roku TV, Amazon Fire Stick. Check out A to Z and all the shows here on Locked On Sports Atlanta every single day on Roku TV. Uh, a lot to get to today. Um, we still are kind of licking our wounds from the weekend that was with the Braves and the Falcons and the news that we have. And, Hawks get a big win last night, so uh, we'll get through all that and then some here on this Tuesday edition. You know, uh, when you look at what's going on with Desmond Ritter, uh, and remember yesterday I talked about how the game played out exactly as I thought it was going to, that Arthur Smith would actually run more, that he would protect Desmond Ritter. He wouldn't put him in situations to sort of, um, you know, let him fail or make mistakes. And I was right about that. And while I've understood Arthur Smith's philosophy the whole time, and I understand where he is now that essentially the Falcons are eliminated from the playoffs, obviously not mathematically, but you know, again, there's, they're losing a lot of tiebreakers. They need a whole lot of help um, in order to get into the postseason. That said, you know, going into this week's game for the Falcons, uh, maybe just maybe it's time to take the training wheels off of Desmond Ritter and Go a little counterculture here to what Arthur Smith normally does and let this kid air it out. I mean, I mean, honestly, like, who cares if you get your ass kicked? Like, who cares if you get butt whooped? Because here's the thing. If you keep doing this where you run that much, right, and, and you take the ball out of Ritter's hands and you don't ask him to do very much, can you really actually learn what you have? Because that's ultimately what this is all about. I'll, I'll still hold to the idea that, guess what? Four games is not enough to evaluate a quarterback. It's just not. It never has been and never will be. 
And in this situation that the Falcons are in, where they're trying to figure out what's going on over the course of four games, if you keep the handcuffs on Desmond Ritter, how can you ever really find out what you have? Can you ever really find out what you have? Uh, I don't. I don't think you can. I mean, I think we're going to learn more about Desmond Ritter from his mistakes than we are from his successes. I, th- I think we're going to learn more about Desmond Ritter from the things that we we see him do than the things that we don't see him do. You know, and, and so in that same vein, it's like you've got to figure out a way to see what this kid has or see as much of this kid has because if you don't then guess what uh you're making a decision based on the future of of your franchise without a lot of information and look maybe that decision has already been made maybe the falcons already know that they're going to draft a quarterback in the first round maybe they do and maybe all this is for show i don't think it's for show i shouldn't say it like that but maybe all this is just you know to go through the exercise of seeing what what he's got and, and what they think and, and validating what they thought pre-draft and validating what they thought all season long, why he didn't start until, you know, week 15. Um, maybe all, maybe that all that is, is what we're seeing. And, and if that's the case, good. If you've already predetermined and made the decision that you're drafting a quarterback in the first round, then good. I'm, I'm actually happy about that. Like, I, I think that's smart. I think it's smart not to let four games alter your draft strategy. I think that's very smart of the Falcons. That said, again, you know, as people evaluate this thing here, um, you know, I, I think it's really um, fair to ask if we are going to stay with Desmond Ritter down the road, you know, how are you going to get pieces around him? Because, you know, uh, it's fair to say, like, Josh Allen didn't really develop until he got Stephon Diggs. You know, like, that really elevated him. Um, you could look around at other quarterbacks who's, who's, you know, Ryan Tannehill never had elite receivers in Miami, but he has A.J. Brown and Corey Davis in Tennessee. And with Arthur Smith, that was a very potent offense. You know, um, look at Jalen Hurts this year when A.J. Brown got to Philadelphia. Look at the difference it made. So, you know, there is a um, there's a sense that if they get some more pieces around him and maybe a healthy pits is the right piece and everything else, you know, uh, maybe another wide receiver. Like, could you stomach actually taking another wide receiver in the draft? I don't know if you can look and it is a very thin wide receiver free agent market. A couple of the names out there that may sort of tickle your face this offseason. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, who's still only 29. Alan Lazard is out there. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster's 26. Jarvis Landry's 30. Nikhil Harry's 25. You know, there's not a lot of names out there. Nicole Hardman is still under 25. That may be a guy that the Falcons want to look at. Um, But again, it's not a very big free agent wide receiver market. There's not a lot there. Um, and and there's not a lot of names out there that are going to, you know, elevate and make you feel like, okay, we get a guy like that in free agency, Desmond Ritter's life's going to be a lot easier. So unless you're saying we're good with London and Pitts and whatever else they have on the scrap heap, 
That's a bold statement by the organization, considering really in reality, London and Pitts are still both unproven. I mean, Pitts is kind of semi-proven, more proven than London is, but both unproven. So uh, when you start talking about putting the rest of this roster together next year, you know, if you had to rank, do this exercise with yourself. If you had to rank what you want to see them do in the first round between quarterback, pass rusher, wide receiver, and offensive lineman, what do you pick? What's, what's the order you go in? Right? I, genuinely, not an easy answer to figure out. Me, I still go quarterback. I still go quarterback. Because you're not going to win without high-level quarterback in this league. Well, let me rephrase. It's the easiest way to win. You can win with a really good defense and mediocre quarterback play. See San Francisco right now. All you have to do is be really careful with the football and not make mistakes, and you can win uh, because your defense is that good. But San Francisco's defense is like, you know, very legit good, like over the top, very legit good. And so that that changes the equation, but the Falcons aren't close to that. Not many teams are. Not many teams are, are, are close to the level where San Francisco is defensively right now. Maybe Denver. But even at that, they've shown that, hey, you're not going to win a lot of games when your offense is that bad. So you need high-level quarterback play. It's the easiest way to win this league. And that, to me, is something I think that fans need to really uh, look at and evaluate. But if I want to find out what I have with Desmond Ritter, I, I've got I've to take the training wheels off. I've got to throw as much stuff at him as possible and see uh, how you're going to evaluate him and how you're going to be able to really judge what you're looking at. Because if you keep the same offense where it's a run heavy and you're not testing him and you're not pushing him, you're not asking him to do things. How do you know what you really got? If you keep everything, the status quo, what we figured out is that the offense in and of itself is going to be limited. Now you could argue again, if they had better players, they would try more, but you know, I I don't know that that matters at this point. I, I hope the coaching staff is smart enough to figure out that if I had a better receiver, this thing works. If I had better separation from the guy, this thing works. If I had a better route runner, this thing works. But you could tell from what Ritter does that he knows exactly what he needs to do. So that'll be my my question to Arthur Smith uh, when I talk to him and figure out how are you really going to evaluate this? Because I, I just don't think four games is enough. I genuinely don't think four games is enough to figure this thing out. And so unless Terry Fontenot has already said, this is our draft strategy regardless, which again is what I hope. Um, and by the way, if the draft strategy right now is we're not drafting a quarterback this year because we already have our guy, fine. But they'll tell you that when the draft comes. We'll see. All right, before we get back to uh, why the Braves can't win a dynasty, a word from our friends at betonline.net, fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. There's news and reviews of every single league. Of course, the NFL is going on. College bowl season is in full swing right now. In fact, we're in a run of like 21 straight days of football. It's pretty amazing. You get the NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball as well. You get combat sports, esports, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. Podcasts with great information there. Live in-game betting scores. They have you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile dice to learn more about the action that's happening today. Again, as we have football going nonstop, 
BetOnline.net, the best way to keep up with all the odds and everything that's going on in the sports betting world. It's BetOnline, where the game starts. All right. Um, before we get to the Braves, one more note on the Atlanta Falcons. Make sure you guys check out Locked On Falcons. Thanks for making that your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Um, interesting, we touched on this yesterday. I want to expand on it a little bit more uh, with the departure of Dansby Swanson. You know, uh, two seasons in a row now, two off seasons in a row, the Braves have watched uh, a homegrown talent walk out the door. And while I don't think Dansby's numbers are impossible to replace, uh, and, and I don't say that as a slight to Dansby, you know, we talked about what was hard to replace for Dansby, obviously, the leadership, what he means to the clubhouse and everything else. But, you know, there's a big difference between winning and winning titles and becoming a dynasty. Think about this. Um, if you go back and look at the Yankees in the late 90s, mid to late 90s, that won four World Series in five years, right? Um, they had a core of guys. They absolutely had a strong core of guys. Rivera, Jeter, Pettit, Posada, Bernie Williams, they were all there. Paul O'Neill, those five, six guys were there every single year for all of it. That's how you build a dynasty. The problem is, is when you have players going in and out, in and out, in and out every year, it's hard to build a dynasty. It's not hard to win. It's not hard to be competitive. It's not hard to make the playoffs. It's not hard to make deep postseason runs. It's hard to continually win a World Series or win a title. Even in the NFL, you know, the Patriots dynasty, although it was Brady and Belichick, it's a lot of other players for the first half of those Super Bowls, for the first three, the Deion Branches, you know, the Teddy Bruskies, Vincent Wolferks, like those guys were there for all that stuff. Kevin Fox, like they were, they were some of those players who just key parts of the whole thing and they helped make it go. The Braves now are almost headed to what feels like deja vu from the 90s when they had 13 straight division titles and one World Series to show for it. Now, the Braves have a lot of guys under contract. And they are all good, above-average, serviceable players. And that's putting it modestly. But letting guys like Freddie and Dansby go signals a little bit of an issue. And again, at this point, Max Freed is like good as gone, if you ask me. Max Freed right now, if he has two more years like he had this year, doesn't even have to be great. Has two more years like he had this year, which were very, very good. That's a $30 million pitcher. The Braves aren't handing out $30 million annually to anybody. They're just not. And especially for a guy at his age who's going to want six or seven years, and the Braves are stuck on five still. The Braves don't go above five unless it's at the number that they want. That's where they are right now. So in two more years, you're going to watch another piece of this walk out the door. And it's going to have to be replaced by somebody else. And while I don't think there's any problem with the Braves still winning games and winning NL East titles and going to the playoffs, how many more World Series you can get out of this? 
that's the real hard part to figure out. You know, we talked repeatedly. I talked over the entire summer. How many of those six contracts that Alex Anthopoulos has handed out? Acuna, Albies, Riley, Harris, Strider, Olsen. Of those six contracts, how many of them actually make it to make it through to the end of the contract? If you get to three, it's a, it's a miracle. It's an absolute miracle to hand out all those deals and have them work all the way through to the end without a trade, without being cut, without being designated for assignment, without some sort of restructure. If you can even do that, you can't really do that in baseball, but you get the point. So retirement, heck, injury, all those things. If you get three of those to see it through to the end, that's pretty amazing, to say the least. But again, you're talking about being able to build a dynasty. Are those six guys enough to be able to build a dynasty? Maybe. Maybe. Otherwise, you just have a team like the Dodgers that wins a lot every year but never actually culminates in anything. Even go back to the San Francisco Giants when they won three World Series in five years. Year off, year off, yeah. Go look at the core of that team. You'll find five or six players that were there for all of it. Lincecum, you know, Posey. You have key pieces of this thing that were really, really important to them winning. Like I said, the Braves are going to be a good team. They're going to be very talented, um, and they'll replace Dansby, and it'll be fine. But winning and becoming a dynasty is a different conversation that I'm not sure – you know, the Braves are in that position. And look, Alex Anthopoulos to this point has showed you he's got a number. He sticks with it. He doesn't move off of it. And that's that. There's an argument to be made for that's a really good business philosophy. That's really smart. There's an argument to be made for that. It's also an argument against it when it comes to homegrown talent like Freddie and Dansby, where, yeah, you're willing to bend the rules a little bit for certain players. You have to. And just remember now, this is the second time for second year in a row. The Braves made an offer midseason to a player who refused it, bet on themselves and said, nope, I'll go to free agency. And never came back. I'm not saying the Braves made bad offers. What I'm saying here is that the Braves made what they felt was fair market value. Obviously not what was fair market value. And like I said yesterday, I'll say it again. Dansby didn't chase money at all. He didn't choose money over championships. He didn't choose money over winning. Did not do that at all. The guy chose fair market value. And again, $25, $30 million difference, that's quite the substantial number. Even if he did choose money, no one should be mad at him. Why? Because, well, it's okay to do that. Don't get mad. It's really okay. You know what else you can't get mad at? Bill Bar Puffs. Why? They are delicious. And if you haven't tried them yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. There's a new flavor out there. It's delicious, indulgent, and covered in chocolate. That's right. It's cookie dough chunk. It's got real chunks of cookie dough in it. Of course, it is delicious, and it is healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs, only 160 calories, 15 grams of protein. Run to built.com. Snag a box for yourself. Stick one in the office drawer. Item away from the kids. These are great snacks for on the go. In between meals, maybe late at night, you got a sweet tooth, you want something to put in your belly, but don't want to make it something that's totally unhealthy. Cookie dough chunk puffs, it's the best way to go. They are delicious. You're going to love them. Go to built.com, use the promo code locked on 15 to get 15% off your first order. Again, 
Locked on 15 gets you 15% off your first order of cookie dough chunks, puff bars from Built. Uh, we're going to get to the Hawks here in a minute, but first, it is time for a shovel of wisdom. Brace yourselves because it's time for the shovel of wisdom. You know how we do it every day. We have to set somebody straight for saying you're doing something stupid. You can do so on my Twitter account at Mark Zeno, M A R K Z I N N O. Just use the hashtag Shovel of Wisdom. And today my shovel goes to Willie McGinnis. You guys know Willie McGinnis, former uh, Patriot, Patriots Hall of Famer, NFL Network analyst. Yeah, uh, he's been charged with assault with a deadly weapon uh, for a incident at a West Hollywood nightclub. Um, the nightclub is called Delilah. This goes back to December 9th. And here's where it really gets a shot. I mean, look, it's one thing if you're Willie McGinnis and you're out, uh, you probably know that you're a public figure and you're on TV and everything else. And uh, yeah, getting into a bar fight is bad. But here's really where it gets to be the shovel. And, and TMZ has uh, since published security footage of this, but multiple witnesses identified McGinnis at the lounge um, where he was accused of partaking in an assault on another man at the club. Security footage uh shows the lounge dining era where a man appearing to me again this can be seen repeatedly punching the alleged victim and here's the real bad part then later retrieving a bottle and using it to hit the guy again the victim can be seen with a bruised and bloodied face at the tail end of the video published by tmc again has turned himself into police uh yeah posted bail for thirty thousand dollars nfl network has since suspended him pending the outcome of the legal situation here. Look, man, uh, probably shouldn't get into bar fights, period. But if you're going to get into a bar fight, don't go grab a bottle. That's always kind of like that little B thing to do, right? Like, I'm not a proponent of fighting at all. Although, full disclosure, I've been in my fair share throughout the day. Uh, I've grown up enough to know it's not worth my time, energy, or effort anymore. So I can just walk out and not really give a rip. That said, don't grab a bottle in a bar fight. Don't be that guy. Nobody likes that guy. Nobody wants to be friends with that dude. You know what they say? Be a man. All right. um, Hawks last night get a one-point win over the Orlando Magic, snap their six-game winning streak, and – they get back in the in the lineup, Jonte Murray and John Collins, and look what a difference it makes. Now, it makes a difference in them getting a win. Doesn't make a difference in them playing any damn defense because they gave up 125. The Hawks have now given up at least 120 in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and six of their last eight games. That's bad. That's really bad. The two they didn't, they only gave up 113 to the Knicks, but only scored 89, so there's that. And then they only gave up 106 to Charlotte the other night. Other than that, they've given up at least 120. They have got to start playing some defense. Now, offensively, when this team is healthy, they start to look a lot better. Offensively, um, when you have Murray and Collins back, they look a lot better. Offensively, when Trey Young has another great shooting night where he went 11 of 22 
and three of seven from three, 12 of 12 from the free throw line, along with 13 assists, the Hawks are going to be very, very tough to beat. We know this. I, I'm not asking Trey to go 11 of 22 every night and three of seven from three. At least he's starting to shoot a little bit better because the first couple of weeks, months of this season with him shooting have been awful and flat out awful. And it's part of the reason why the Hawks have struggled. But again, uh, they've got to start playing some defense. And the shooting is picked up overall. Again, 51% from the field last night, just under 38% from three. But it's it, they've got to figure out a way. And maybe it's just because it's the first game back for Murray and Collins. Legs are a little bit tired, you know, trying to figure out how to get their legs underneath them, what that looks like and everything else. But, you know, there, there should be an expectation at this point in time that these guys uh, are going to play better defense. So, look, they, they are they're approaching Christmas, all right? The Hawks are back above 500 by a game. They currently have the eight seed in the Eastern Conference, tied with Miami, actually, for the seventh seed. Um, and they got a Bulls team coming in uh, on Wednesday that is struggling. Finish out this year with a, a run of wins against subpar teams. Like, that's what you really need here. We kept, we kept talking about I'm going to repeat it again, about how fat and happy they could have gotten during this stretch here. Um, right now, th- that if Murray, and I said yesterday, look, if Murray and Collins and Capella are out, you know, get through the rest of the year at 500, take it as a win. Those guys are back. Sooner than expected. At least for Murray it was. They were saying two months. But you got some weak opponents coming up, Chicago, Detroit, Indiana, although Indiana has been a lot better than expected um, to this point in time, you know, and, and Brooklyn is hot right now too. Um, that's the other part. And just finishing out the rest of the calendar year, Brooklyn has won six in a row. Um, they're starting to feel like that team that uh, we thought they were going to be for a couple of years. Indiana started out really hot. They've struggled as of late. They've only won three of their last 10 Um so you get them at the right time. Detroit's still bad and struggling. They have no Cade Cunningham anymore. He's out for the year. So an opportunity here for the Hawks in the next three games to get three wins, extend the winning streak to five, then you feel good about Brooklyn coming in to State Farm Arena between Christmas and New Year's before you go hit the Lakers and then out west. Next four games, Chicago, Detroit, Indiana, Brooklyn. If they keep playing like they did last night, they have a shot to win a bunch of these things. It's hard to tell right now at this point in time what 100% that looks like. But they do look better healthier than not, and that's important. When healthy, they look like a team that's going to be tough to beat. Still, like to see some more defense out of them. I feel like we're repeating ourselves over and over again. Why? Because we are. And that's what it boils down to with the Hawks. Um, All right, uh, just a couple of quick notes here um, before we uh, get out of here, NFL-related. The Pro Bowl games are coming up. You guys familiar with the Pro Bowl games now? Uh, This is new to me. Pro Bowl games will take place in Las Vegas. Flag football game scheduled for February 5th. Uh, Peyton Peyton Manning and Eli Manning are the coaches. Manning has the AFC. uh, Manning. Peyton has the AFC and Manning. Eli has the NFC. 
Uh, Aaron Donald and Jair Alexander were the first two players named to the Pro Bowl games. We're trying too hard with this Pro Bowl thing, but that's neither here nor there. And speaking of Aaron Donald, last night the Rams were eliminated from playoff contention one year, less than a year after winning the Super Bowl. Typically, it's a Super Bowl loser that has the down year. Guess what? This year it was a Super Bowl winner. So uh, Rams are out. Falcons would have lost this week. I assume will be out officially. Um, and the Ravens need to get a win. It's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough game in Baltimore. Either way, right after the game is over, make sure you check out Locked On Falcons. Make it your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. Biggest stories of the day. Instant reactions. Big game recaps and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you guys subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Don't forget we're on Roku TV. Give us a follow on Twitter, at LockedOnATL. I'm at Mark Zeno. You guys have a wonderful Tuesday. Make it a great day. We'll be back tomorrow for a Wednesday edition, one day closer to Christmas. Have a great day. Don't take any crap from anybody. See ya. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 